0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh dogs cats llamas anybody who might be listening this is cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft which means i'm the gnarly gnome and we've got another uh you guys are the newest brewery in town still technically so we've got another brew new brewery definitely a new one for the show it's the first time getting to sit down and uh have a beer out here at dead Low. so we've got a fun episode to kind of dive in and uh Explained to everybody what this place is all about. Um, Greg, welcome to the show. Your first time on the show, too. It is my first time. Good to see you, Mr. Gnome. We've talked about getting on the show a bunch in the last, uh, well, really, last couple of years. (laughs) uh, Well, I I appreciate you coming into my office and setting up shop here. uh, This is fantastic. I wish people could see um, the the environment that we're sitting here and recording this in. Um, We are in the brewery, which if anybody has been to Deadlow, the brewery is kind of tucked away the other side of the beer garden. Um little little walkway leads you there, and you walk into this happy little wonderland of bubbling fermenting wort. And we have a disco <laughs> there ball. There is a disco ball. We're gonna have a party. <laughs> <laughs> but before we have a party, we need to drink some beer. Um because that's from the beer fridge. I mean, what it's about, right? <laughs> um, uh what do you want to talk about first? We've got a couple beers sitting in front of us. Well
1: in front of you, you've got our, uh, that's a rye pale ale. This one here's the rye? Uh, yeah, that's the rye. Okay. Um, I think it's got a, uh, a nice smooth flavor to it. Mostly uh, ryes have a spicy note to it. I think we finished this one nice and smooth. There's, a,
0: there's two definite distinct personalities of rye. I've had a lot of rye beers that have that really sharp kind of, uh, that, that, that spiciness to it, which I love. But then there's this other thing that rye does that it's nice and sweet and rounded. And uh, I like that side of rye, too. So I'm excited. You know, I, I
1: have no feelings, so they can't be hurt. So go ahead and take a taste and you tell me which end of the spectrum it's on. What's the name of this beer? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, have to I didn't tell, tell you there was going to be a quiz. No. <laughs> um, you know what? I make it and it goes into a keg and it goes over to the bar and they name it. And uh, and they're always telling me some name. And I, they're all riverboat themed Names to him.
0: Yeah, and we'll we we'll kind of talk about the, uh, I guess the, the the theme of what this place is all about too. But um, hang on, I'm gonna look it up. It's, it is really good. It sits right in that that sweet rounded. It's exactly what I anticipated oh when God. you when you started talking about rye and the. Uh, let's see, yeah, hello, good old uh, untapped.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't wasn't ready for the homework oh, no, that's here. Fine.
0: <clears throat> is this the uh, River Run to Rye PA, maybe? It is. that's in here twice once as Rye PA. Or no, once as Rye Beer and once as IPA. Um, it's the IPA. It's the, this one here. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Thank um, you. Like I said, the, 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 and I don't know if rounded is a good descriptor for people. I don't know if people understand what I'm saying when I say that, but um it's just like this, this kind of fuller body to it and, uh, Perfect for when you're sitting down and you're eating some food and you want to have something that kind of can can fight back with that big kind
1: of meal. So when when you design a beer and and I'm just speaking from personal experience, I want it to hit your tongue three ways. There's the approach and it's going to be like a sweet or a a sharp flavor to it. And it's going to roll across top of your tongue and you get that kind of mid range all sorts of flavor profiles there, if it, if it's designed properly, and then the finish is going to be that that sweetness, that roundness that you have, and then the mouthfeel is all part of it there. Right. Um, and so I want it. I, I, beer can be made in a dimensional manner. So if you get like three distinct notes going across your tongue, then I think it's been done properly.
0: Is that how you approach it when you're when you're sitting down saying you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna design a new beer today? Do you start with kind of that idea of those three kind of those three places and then figure out ingredients that might hit those? Or are you starting and saying, you know what, I, just, I really want to make something a rye. Well, <laughs> how can I incorporate
1: that into That's that's kind of the beginning part of it. So if somebody like they came to me and said, we in fact, the guy that's uh, our operations manager came to me and said, uh, I know like you're not a big rye guy, but can you do a rye beer? And I said, "Yeah, but it's not going to be like a punch your nose type thing. It's going to be more subtle, and I think we can we can hit some notes with it." And so we did that one, and he said, "Man, this is this is, makes me want to have a burger." So
0: <laughs> well, that it really would go really great with a burger. <laughs> it's a uh, I this is this is definitely in my wheelhouse. Not that I I don't like um, traditional kind of bitter um hop heavy ipas but i'd like something that has some more of of like i said that, that roundedness or more of kind of a malt character to it and this definitely has more malt um so, malt story going on here than
1: and getting back to your original question like do you how do you do you just throw a bunch of stuff in and, and hope it turns out okay and I, I yeah, think that's, you can, that's the way I think I would do it if I had to make, it. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we have, we have a beer in tank number one that we were out of, uh, out of grain and we had a grain order coming. It was Thanksgiving. So it wasn't doing for like another week. And so we, my, my daughter is my assistant brewmaster. And so we went down to the, to the garage and just kind of pulled bags, pulled bags, pulled bags. And I said, okay, here's the beer. Here's what it's going to be. And, um, and I just—it was one of those. Man, I hope this is good. Is there
0: something fun about that though, too? It's a like blast. The, <laughs> almost like a like Iron Chef kind of thing, where it's like, all right, here's your ingredients. Now figure this out. You know, like there's got to be some kind of creative process behind that too. That would be exciting. Um, talk about your story a little bit too. Okay, like, how how did you get into this? Like, how did you end up as a,
1: uh, a head brewer at Cincinnati's newest craft brewery? It's it started um, thirty years ago. And I was living in North Dakota, and if, you've, if you haven't been there, don't go there. But, but I was living in Bismarck, and I ran into a guy. He has a PhD. in molecular microbiology. does test two babies. And uh, wound up at his house having a burger with, with his family, and um, he said, "Hey, let me show you what he put all this knowledge he used to doing. We went out to the garage. He had a brewery set up. I said, "Dude, you got to show me how to do this. We're in North Dakota. What else are we going to do here?" And so every Saturday we made beer, uh, listened to Neil Young, sat under the, watching the lights, had a fire in the yard, and uh, did that for years. Uh, Well, it was actually for two years. Then he moved to uh, Utah. We moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We moved to Cincinnati. He moved to Kansas City. So I get a phone call from his wife, like it's June, sitting in my office. And, uh, hey, Greg, it's Jan. Hey, Jan, what's up? What are you doing November 5th, 6th, and 7th? Jen, I'm, I'm wide open. And she, she says, I'll call you right back, click. And I thought, now that's the weirdest-ass phone call I've ever had in my life. And she calls back 15 minutes later and says, now listen, your plane gets into Salt Lake City at 2.20 on the 4th, gate 22. Drew's plane comes in 20 minutes later, four gates down. You can't tell him what's going on. That's simple, that's, Jen. That's I have no easy. clue. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, it's our anniversary, and he really misses you, so I've like, laid in a trout guide. And I got a cabin in the mountains and the meals, and I got a rental car, and you guys are going fishing. And I said, it's your anniversary. You're sending me fishing with your husband. <laughs> yeah. So we've done that about every well, other year since. My wife sucks. <laughs> sorry, honey, you don't suck. It was a joke. <laughs> he, he said that in jest. I saw his face. Um, but we've done that about every other year since. And I would bring, for the first several years, I'd bring some beer I brewed. Mm-hmm. And he would take a sip, and he'd say, yeah, it's okay. Hey, I brought some scotch. And so we'd sit around the fire and and drink scotch. And then I didn't notice it, but he told me about it later. After a few years, he started drinking all the beer that I was bringing. And then there was this fateful trip out there one time. He said, did you bring any more of this? No, you never drink my beer. He goes, no, you're doing something different now. You're going to go pro. You need to start writing all your recipes down. Uh, All right. So that was probably 12 years ago. And um, my wife doesn't like beer. And she'd be, she was sitting at her laptop and I come up to her and I'd say, here, taste this. You know, I don't like beer. Yep. And she'd smell and she'd say, it smells like beer. All right. And she'd taste it and say, tastes like beer. I don't like it. So that recipe went in pile A. So I'd be back a couple weeks later. Taste this. You know, I don't like beer. Yep. She'd smell and say, I don't like beer, but this smells okay. Okay. She'd taste it and say, I don't like beer, but I would drink this. All right. That recipe went in pile B. So I try you know, over ten years' time it was like Pa A Pa B Pa B Pa A Pa B. Right. I want to mostly brew Pa B beers. Because no, if your wife wants to come drink beer here, you're helpless. <laughs> you you have to do it. Bears follow honey, right? Right. So I I brew for the female palate. And it, it seems to be working. That's a great story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: it's mostly true, I swear. Hmm, it's hmm.
0: it's Interesting to me as this as the community starts kind of growing and evolving and developing, like it used to be that everybody had a, a similar story like that. You know, you, just, you start homebrewing because somebody showed you how, and then you you kind of keep growing from that, and then you end up going pro. Just made sense and it ends up off of that. And it's there's a lot of people that are different now, and I think that that's going to make. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but I think that that will make for very different breweries over the next X amount of years or whatever. You'll see some of these places that are opening up that are just a little different because they mm-hmm. don't come from that that source of falling in love with what this is. You know, if if you know you got kids getting out of college knowing they want to be a brewer, that's crazy. <laughs> and not that it's not that it's not bad, but and not that it's, not that it's bad, but. It's, uh, it's different
1: now. It's, it's strange. Um, we have serving staff here that, that are waiting tables and, and helping out here, and they want to come in and brew in their spare time. They yeah. want to come in. They just want to touch stuff. They want to put hands on grain, and it's, it's a blast. You know, somebody comes in, they want to learn what's going on here, and they want to touch the equipment, then that's something that you have to, I mean, they, they need to be knowledgeable about right. what's going on here.
0: Well, and you have that chance now. You know, it it wasn't that long ago that if you wanted to wait tables at a brewery in Cincinnati, you were shit out of luck. That didn't exist.
1: (laughs) And here (laughs) we are.
0: And yet here we are. And um, it's uh, so let's drink another beer. And then I want to talk about uh, kind of what Dead Low is and kind
1: of give people a picture of what this is. That one right there is the uh, Honey Brown. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's got... um, it's got lactose and honey malt and it. has got orange blossom honey. Um, and it's got, it's become kind of a ravingly popular beer here.
0: Oh, that's nice. It's not uh, not over the top, in your face honey. It's there, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't smack in the face. Hey, look, we used honey. It's also, it doesn't taste artificial, which, you know, we, so, when you say honey brown, there is a picture that pops in a lot of people's heads, especially if you're of a certain age and, you know, there wasn't a lot of options and it tasted artificial and it didn't taste good, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm sure it still doesn't. I think it's still probably on shelves. This is not that beer at all. This is, this is again, extremely well-rounded. Um, the honey comes off as uh, just like a light touch of sweetness in the background that, again, you pair this up with some food and absolutely perfect. It's both of these are definitely beers that are begging to be paired with a meal and sitting down and, and, and enjoying an evening of, of eating and drinking. There's, there's some beers that I think people make to just, you know, to go down (laughs) Um, did the these, elbow m- motion there yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are these are that different side of things where it's it's begging to be shared around a table with people over a meal
1: and well and them. we just had we just had um, a plate of food that our chef prepared using our beer yes and so it marries up well with the stuff we're doing here and so we work hand and glove it's not me in here making beer and these guys making food in there but they come in they grab the beer make sauces and we, uh, they'll tell me, hey, would you make this type of beer? Because we have a plan to do, uh, you know, they want they want an Irish stout because we did a, uh, a stew, and right. so we have a stout stew in here now. And um, they're designing food to go with beer that we're making, and it's it's really a fun time. It increases the enjoyment of
0: a drink so much more when there's when there's that other thought that goes into around. What are you? What are you sitting at the bar and eating while you're drinking this? What is, what is that other experience around what you're, what you're drinking going to look like? That's a ball that a lot of people are still unfortunately dropping. And uh, I'm glad to see that it's uh front and center on, on your guys's mind here and in what you're doing. That's, it gives me uh, a lot of faith in what this overall community is growing to become. It's, that's that's, that's, Exciting that gets me excited as a beer drinker
1: oh it's it's a blast doing this, you know, and look at <clears throat> excuse me, we're sitting at a table in the brewery, and first they came in and they said, "Hey, do you want this table? Yeah, table looks cool, and one of the the uh, owner's wife's husband or uh, uh, dad made this table out of some barn lumber, and then they came in and they said, "Hey, you want a couch in my <laughs> office? Sure. And then they brought two more padded chairs in here, and now it's like the captain's table in here. <laughs> These are easily the most comfortable chairs that exist in any brewery in since in the actual brew house. <laughs> and so we have, easily in Cincinnati, we have people that request to have dinner in the brewery, and they come in, and and you know we'll give them a little, and they get to go drink from the Zwickel, and uh, Chef Scotty will make some food for them, and, and it's we have parties in here, receptions in here. Um, and we've only been open a couple months now right. but it's becoming uh, something that people come in and say hey I want to sit in the in the brewery table and you know if I'm around if I've finished up a batch I might be finished up a batch of beer and people are in here eating dinner and uh, <laughs> i mean it's if you're going to a a brew pub to eat dinner
0: you want that experience right like that's that's part of of why we we go to these places it's not just because the beer is good or the food is good or like it's it's this combination of all of these things and then you couple that up with that atmosphere too which um you know it's perfect it's it's exactly where i want to be on any given
1: evening or weekend or if i'm regardless of who i'm with okay so that's what i want in in that vein i want to i want to throw word out to uh the leadership team here the guys who envisioned this place came in here. They they bought this reception area next door, mm-hmm. and it's on the river, and they immediately got into riverboat mode. And the decor and everything's going to be riverboat-themed here because of the rich history Cincinnati has with riverboats. Right. So I apologize. I didn't know the name of the beer because once it leaves here, they rename it after a riverboat oh, or something yeah. riverboat named. And uh, I walk in and they say, hey, this is the best beer. What is it? And they'll tell me a name, and I'll say what <laughs> what type of beer is it. <laughs> so I'm not sure, and I I need to do a better job of learning that. <laughs> but they they've done a really good job of sticking on theme and, and making sure that everybody's like pointing in the same direction, and we're all we understand what what the bread and butter is here.
0: Right. So talk about what the experience of Deadlow is like. So when you when you walk in, what's how would you describe this to somebody if you were teleported over, you know,
1: to North Dakota and you had to explain to somebody what this place was like? OK, um, we're right along Kellogg. So there's we're right next to Coney Island, right, right across the street from Coney Island. Volterra's um, is down here. We've got River Bend, So during the summer, anybody going to Riverbend concerts, parking somewhere around here and walking through the lot. So, we get a lot of that type of traffic here. Inside, um, I think it's more of an upper end uh, decor. We've got the polished hardwood floors, got a really cool custom bar that was made. Uh, The wall decor is custom made uh, to accentuate the riverboat. There's these cool fans in the ceiling that look like riverboat paddles. Yeah. And uh, the first time I saw them, my question do, do those things work <laughs> yeah and they turn them on and i was in awe and it just i don't know it it, it relaxes me being here it definitely has a <clears throat> um
0: uh like i mean a river feel to it like it feels <laughs> kind of like a uh like an islandy beachy kind of openness but more of like that like you said that that kind of upscale version of it it's uh you know, if you found yourself on on the river somewhere and you were stopping in at some, you know, nice little restaurant to have yourself, some, like it feels, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like just a haphazardly thrown together tap room on, a, you know, in a warehouse that a brewery happened to be in, you know, like it's, <laughs> which is, I understand why that's easy for some people to do and why that's a necessity for some people. But the, this is a very different type of uh, forethought that went into it. Um, outside you guys have a big beer garden deck heaters you you have the you guys are set up to have um, an outdoor uh, activity center mm-hmm. for a big chunk of the year
1: yeah, obviously it's not a good day but if you know there's fireworks at Coney Island or you know they have fireworks uh-huh. several times a year this is the place to sit right here come grab a pint and sit out here and the, the show is just a couple hundred yards away yeah um, it's, um, it's, it's <clears throat> a nice little, uh,
0: vacation break just right here by, you know, yeah. by home, you know, you don't have to venture off somewhere else to, uh, to experience that, that little bit of, uh, getting away from it all. Um, it's great. Thank I, you. I, I, I like what you guys have done with, um, this idea of, brew pub which is not something that hasn't been done before brew pubs we've you know we've all seen what we expect a brew pub to be so it's hard to uh, put your own spin on that sometimes Mm -hmm. i like coming to work well we talked about this a little bit when i first got here that that's you know that's the goal you know you want it you carried a little bit further you know if you're if you quote unquote have to go out to dinner on a saturday night you want everybody to be happy and excited to go to whatever that might look like. And if it's a brewery that has good food and has a good atmosphere, has a good has a good outdoor area where after dinner you can go sit out there and just have a pint and just, you know, enjoy being there. Like that's There's a lot of places I just I want to get in, I want to get out, and I want to get back home, and I don't want to deal with this anymore. And, you know, the, the idea is to create a place that does not create that atmosphere.
1: So how cool is it that my daughter came to me a few months ago and she said dad i want to work in a brewery and and i said well what do you know about it she says i've been watching you brew for 25 years (laughs) i know what you're doing and she's come in and you tell her how to do something once and it's done that way and she's got a real eye for detail it is a blast working with my daughter i love it you know i have three sons i love working with them sons are awesome there's something about a daughter that's like working alongside you and and she carries grain better than I do right now. <laughs> and uh it's it's just makes for a fun day. What is uh
0: what gets you the most excited about kind of this bigger picture of what craft beer is in in the city right now? What what's what gets you fired up?
1: I like that there's not a feeling of being saturated here I mean there is still if you come in and you've got an idea and you and you've got an eye for quality you're gonna come in you're gonna do okay you know and and if you look at the big financial picture you know it used to be the big three made how many billions a year and, it, and it's been carved off a little bit the craft brewery uh, part is, is down to I think like 17 20 percent now of the of the big picture there's a lot of room for growth. Oh, yeah. A lot of room. And if you're making, um, you just took a sip of our American lager. It's a little more of a sip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you took a gulp. Um, but that's, you know, that's our answer to one of the big three uh, American lagers. And uh, it's got, it's become very popular. And, uh, and, you know, it used to be, I'd be in a brewery and, and somebody would say, what do you have that's like a, a Budweiser mm. or a Coors or a Miller Lite? I have nothing like that. Well, we've designed beers that are that, you know, that that can compete in that market in that niche, and uh, and everybody's—it's our most popular beer. And this
0: may be a question for somebody else other than you, um, but is that still the question when one of you know, quote unquote, those people comes into the bar? Is it what do you have that's like Bud? Are you starting to see more of what do you have? Even if the phrase is what do you have that's lighter? What do you have that, that's a blonde or you know something that. Is there more of a an understanding and like an education on that side of things?
1: Well, there there is, and we view we view our uh, American Lager as like the gateway drug uh-huh. because most people that are the Bud Light or Budweiser drinkers come in here with this. Oh, my girlfriend wanted to come here, my buddies want to come here, and I'll tolerate whatever whatever they have. You know, I'll right. I'll try and drink the the thing. They always ask, what's most like a Budweiser? Well, Budweiser is American Lager. We have some of that. You know, why don't you try this? And the transformation is is complete within the first few sips. Okay, I could drink this. Okay, and then a couple beers later, they what else you got? Sort of that's you know, and you can kind of work them in there and walk them through the, the flavor profiles and where things are going. Are you going to completely convert a Budweiser drinker to a, to a, a a Cascade Imperial IPA? Probably not. You know, but it's also it, it, it's a process, though, too. Like the answer to that might be a,
0: a definite yes. It's just how long is that going to take to get them there? You know, it, it may start with an American blogger like that. And then, you know, maybe while they're there, they just they try something else just for shits and giggles. And it's like, oh, that's OK. But then maybe next time it's that's that's all right. And then maybe next time it's like, yeah, I'll try that just a little one of those. And then over time, that kind of. Uh, erodes away at their thinking they don't like it. See, I, I
1: almost feel like one of those guys on the street corner in The Wire, you know, here, yeah, I got I got what you want. And then uh, you reel them in right. and they won't go back. Well, and that's the thing, you
0: know, I've got a Dan Listerman quote somewhere that, that is exactly that. It's, you know, you you never hear of somebody that's a macro beer drinker that, you know, gets converted to craft going back to, you know, there's, there's lots of people who maybe uh love craft beer and then you know maybe you have some kind of thing where maybe you're out of work or something you're not going to give up beer because that's you know but maybe maybe you 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 grab a, a little bit of budweiser or something to hold you over until you know but you're always going back you're always going back <laughs> you know back. but nobody goes back to to um uh, bud miller Coors. We we won't single out budweiser i guess but um you don't go back to that once you once you go to craft so that I should hope. mean something <laughs> but yeah maybe maybe yeah, maybe that'll be the big trend of 2020 everybody goes back to macro beer <laughs> no 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 I don't no. I don't think so <laughs> we're not letting you go back i don't know how you could um it's you know i i will say that if i was at somebody's house and that was what they drank and they cracked one open and stuck it in my hand <laughs> i would i would drink it but I think it would be a uh, a very sad drink. <laughs> like it would just be very um very sad, very uh very non soul fulfilling.
1: Okay, <laughs> hey, so have have you do you brew at home? Do you have yeah, your I haven't. Own?
0: I mean, I I have equipment to
1: brew at home, but I haven't for a long time. Okay, so we need to get you in here and get your hands on this equipment. I would love to brew. Okay, yeah. I want. Uh, we need to set up a time where you're in here. And, and this isn't going to be a cakewalk. You're going to be humping grain <laughs> with my daughter into the mill, and it's going up through the auger, and we're going to mash it in. And I'll stand back with my hands behind my back, and I'll tell you what knobs to turn and, right. and how to do it, what you're looking at. And um, I think I think it will be revelatory to you. Well,
0: I can tell you, um, so this, I guess when you're listening to this, it was this last weekend, but for us this coming weekend is the tapping of Big Sis which we brewed down in Alexandria this year, um, German Pilsner. Fairly simple process to make the beer. It's a complicated process, but there's not a whole lot of steps that you need to worry about. It's, you know, it's, it's a long day, but anyways, um, I think my favorite quote of the day from Andy Reynolds was, oh my God, you didn't just add that now, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. I need very strict guidance
1: of when to do things and what to do. See, that's cool that that you mentioned the German Pilsner. We just had a guy in here a couple nights ago, and he was telling me about his living in Germany for a while, and he said, you know, I'm a big German Pilsner fan. Nobody does that here. Taft does one, and there's another place in town that does it, but nobody else does it. And I said, you know what? We've got one back here in the tank. I think that people don't... uh, the reason Big Sis
0: became a uh, Pilsner, it was Czech Pilsner in the first year, it's more German this year, but um, the uh, the big reason was that it, it there weren't a lot of them around then. And I look at it now and I'm like, my God, look at how things have changed. Because, I, I mean, if I sat there and, and really looked at a list of all the breweries, I bet you that there are, and they're not all on at the same time, but I mean, I, I would say there's probably what ten maybe that are on fairly frequently around town that mm-hmm. are that are great examples of what you can do with and you're a, looking at
1: you know six and a half, seven percent and uh lots of and, and the you really have to choose your grain wisely. Oh yeah. You know it's gotta be good continental pilsner and it's gotta you taste it beforehand and know and uh because it goes in there and a little mistake goes a long mm-hmm. way in a lager. Mm-hmm. Um, well it it for me like
0: especially with a the pilsner there every ingredient becomes its own star in that beer you know mm-hmm. everything from the water to the hops to the to the yeast to the to the malt it's all gets their equal part of what that beer is there's there is
1: no room to hide behind anything absolutely correct no room to hide um, you know where which ales are very forgiving <laughs> <I know>. but <laughs> ales are very forgiving right you know and so i i miss, miss a mash temperature or something a little bit and you can make up for it by adding some lactose or doing something else. Right. And uh, and so there are ways to. But if you make a mistake on the Pilsner, you know it's going to be there at the end. And a guys like you are going to come in and say, what the hell did you do with this? <laughs> well, I can tell you that I, I won't say that with this uh, upcoming Big Sis because if there's
0: something wrong, it's because I did it. You did it. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how it turned out. Um, we have
1: another beer here. You gonna do that uh, little tappy sound thing again, the the bottle cap I, thing?
0: I usually do it once,
1: but I okay. mean, I could do it again. Okay, this here. Let um, me. This is a Russian Imperial Stout. However, let me tell you the story. The um, if you look up here, there's a, a heater mm-hmm. in here, and so we had a cold snap uh, about three four weeks ago. We had that little bit of snow and all that, and it's hard to remember that now. It it is hard <laughs> to remember that now but the fellow who was in here doing our contracting and doing the hookup of a bunch of stuff, he forgot to hook the heater up. <laughs> and so I came in one day and the fermentation on this Russian empire had stopped in the mid, in the Plato mid twenties. And you know my target was like eight. Right. And, uh, it tasted great, but it, the beer had gone to sleep. It had gone into hibernation. And, uh, they they hooked the heater up, but it was too little too late. And so I was looking at maybe repitching yeast and doing some stuff, but all that was gonna be it was gonna be a possibility of a disaster. Right. So we went ahead and started tasting this, and everybody tasted it and went, you know, it's very malty and it's got all sorts of chocolate notes in there, and let's just you know, I'm I'm the guy who wants to burn the fields. Let's dump this. No, let's Carbonate this and see what happens. So we're serving this on, on nitro right now. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, like a, a thick, malty. I mean, you're not going to sit and drink five of these. But uh, after dinner. I definitely just smelling it. it. it I smell bitter chocolate
0: mm-hmm. definitely off the top. Oh, yeah. Well, and being on nitro adds a whole other dimension to that, too. Mm -hmm. That is a big kind of thick, heavy beer, but um, doesn't have that, uh, you know, you you expect a big kind of sharp alcohol bite to it, and you you don't get that.
1: It's that nice, big, rounded sweetness. So I have a technique that we use on that, on the dark beers. So if you, again, who do I brew for? Your wife. Your wife. If I ask your wife why she doesn't like a stout, she's going to say because of the bitterness, because there's that tannic note to the beer. And so, what we do is the tannins are released from a dark roasted grain in the boil. It's like grandma's coffee. When grandma had the percolator on the stove, mm-hmm. and you told me you, you grew up on a, or your, your, wife My is wife a, a farm girl sort of so they do the the percolator I, I on make the fun of her because she thinks she's a farm girl but she's not her family is <laughs> so you you percolate coffee in the old bubble top percolator and it it releases all the tannins into the coffee and so grandma gives you a taste of her coffee and you say i'm never touching that again <laughs> until i'm 35 years old but you know then you hit starbucks when you're 18 and and you're addicted but what happens is the dark grains release tannins in the boil right and that's coffee or grain or whatever else has that in it so what we do is the dark grains have no enzymatic value you're not adding any play-doh gravity to it all it has is flavor and color and so it also has the tannins so we add that in almost like a tea bag effect after the boil's done so after the boil's done and we've got a whirlpool tank here Mm -hmm. we'll put the dark grains in then and treat it just all you want out of it is the flavor and the color, and you don't get the tannins in our dark beers.
0: Right. Well, what's what's interesting to me is like I I said you you smell that 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 wait, I mean you can't smell bitter, but what I anticipate to be like a bitter dark chocolate, and it's it's much more rounded and much more kind of a like a like a milk chocolatey kind of thing on on the flavor versus that bitter kind of thing that I'm anticipating when I smell it.
1: So Chef Scotty made a. Um, a volcano. What's what's that stuff called? Volcano uh, cake.
0: Like a like a chocolate, chocolate lava cake thing. Yeah, chocolate yeah, yeah. lava cake. Yeah.
1: He made that using this beer. Oh yeah. Holy cow! It's again. It's it's delicious,
0: especially as we are in theory heading into winter. <laughs> I'm looking for something a little bit you know, a little bit more more of a a, a dark character to it, which. Um, I mean, I don't know. We went to Kings Island this weekend for Winterfest, and I think it was like 50 degrees the whole time. <laughs> I, mean, I I like this, but <laughs> I think it doesn't feel like uh, like Christmas time quite yet. We're we're ready for winter here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm on the fence. I <laughs> I I need just a little bit of winter, and then I'm done with it.
1: <laughs> I don't yeah, like I, the cold. I, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I like the winter
0: beer side of things, but I, you know the the cold I could do without. I know I enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah, very, very dessert like. What um, if you had to look at all of the stuff that you have put on tap here so far? What are what? What are you most excited about? What are you most uh, proud of? I guess this beer wise.
1: We've got. Um You've got some right here in front of you. The Saison. I think our Saison is uh, it's, it's good. I like our Saison. I'm very proud of the um, Saison. There's, there's a big spectrum
0: with Saison that, um, I, I mean, I guess similar to anything anymore, where you say Saison and people are going to get some kind of picture in their head, hmm. but it can be
1: very different things. This, um, the fermentation on this is extremely complete. Um, the gravity went all the way down to almost nothing. Um, so it's it's got a high alcohol content. It's 8.5%. Um, the hop, we did three different hop ads, but the hop that really made this beer is the Amarillo hop, and it's just got this cool flavor afterwards. And it just, uh, Scotty made a, a soup using this as a sauce in the soup. Um, so it really marries up well with some of the, like, chicken dishes and things like that
0: it's um you definitely get that uh that saison yeast kind of character that Mm -hmm. you're you're anticipating and that it should have but again it's not it's not over the top it's not um it's not smacking you around to remind you that that's what it is it's it's subtle it's well balanced it's uh it's it's a clean saison if i can use that as a description for it Um, i'm sure i'll get some kind of email you can call it though that's stupid (laughs) but you know like it doesn't um i'm not a huge belgian beer and i say i'm not a huge belgian beer fan but every belgian style beer i've had in the last like year i'm like oh yeah i like that though (laughs) but i really am not (laughs) so i don't maybe i am and i just don't know it um but this so is the
1: beer changing
0: or are you changing I think it's me, but um, in my head, like if somebody said, hey, do you, you know, do you like, uh, you know, a Belgian beer? Like, mm, it's all right, but no, not really. But I don't know, everyone that I've had, like I said, last year, I've, I've definitely enjoyed. There's, there's a couple styles like that, that in my head, I still think that I'm like, yeah, I could take it or leave it, but um, yet it's way more take than leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you... You told me earlier that you don't get a chance to get out and go drink other places that often anymore. I assume, especially now. Um, is there anything that uh, you've seen or even that you've heard of that people are doing that you that, that gets you excited about other stuff going on? Okay,
1: I and and let's let's make sure you and I understand. You never told me you were asking that question, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> There is a brewery up in eastern Ohio, other side of Coshocton, called Wooly Pig Brewery. I've heard about them. Oh, my Lord. And again, we haven't
0: we haven't discussed this ahead of
1: time, but um,
0: they've actually got pigs, right? They have yeah, pigs, so,
1: some German derivation of big fuzzy pigs. So
0: Betty up at Fibonacci, they have their urban farm with the goats mm-hmm. and, and, and chickens and this whole thing. She was really excited about this Wooly Pig Brewery that I had never heard of before. But I have now I and this you're probably the third person now that has
1: told me about this place in the last couple months they're they're sitting on top of their own well so they, they have their own well water the water is extraordinary up there it's a uh, uh, the brewer lived in Germany for several years and he's the uh, German brewery of, uh, equivalent of the of Josh from Mazunte who lived on the beach in, in Mexico and learned how to uh, make street food. Right. Um, and so he's got extraordinarily good German food out there, and it's in the middle of nowhere, literally. And you pull <laughs> in there, and the place is packed with cars, and people drove three hours to get there. Right, And walked into the bar, spotted 14 beers behind the bar, and I thought, well, you know, I didn't drive here. I was sitting in somebody's back seat, and we went out there. And I said, I'm going to try seven of these beers. And I chose my seven, uh, got through two of them, went out by this big fire ring. There's a guy... Assistant Brewer stand there, and he's got a big wooden barrel of uh, of uh, a bock, big thick bock. and he filled a half liter up with that, and he pulled a hot poker out of the fire ring yeah. and dipped it in the beer and swirled it around and it caramelized the the sugar in there, and it was like marshmallows, and <laughs> and it was just. So I, I wish all
0: there's a there is a name for that too, and I don't know what it is, but the the hot poker and the beer thing I've, oh. so Tafts has done that for the last two years um around around this time of year I think they do it with um their santa's bribe their 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 christmas beer, and I've been so curious to try it because i number one it's it's weird and that that that's fun. But like that idea of like you know like, again I'm I'm a malt guy I like mm-hmm, I like multi mm-hmm. beers and that idea of caramelizing some of that malt and giving you that that you know some of those uh, more of that toasted kind of flavor in there that sounds fun.
1: I can tell you for the last three weeks I've been planning this beer in my head. <laughs> I'm I just I I am on a mission now. So uh, somewhere here in the future. We're going to have hot pokers and big mugs <laughs> of beer, and it'll change your life. So
0: <laughs> here's the bigger question, though. Do you, do you design a beer specifically knowing that it's going to be hot pokerized? That's, oh, yeah. That's what we'll
1: call it. Or do you just experiment with beers that you already have? No, you're going <laughs> to have a big high-gravity lager, and it's going to have uh, caro foam in it so you get a big head on it, you know. and, and you're going to have uh, probably a higher malt temperature so you get that good sugary note in there. It sounds and, like, uh, a,
0: like a perfect winter type oh, activity, too. It will be. Yeah, because it's chilly outside. You go outside around And you just got done saying like, <laughs> that winter
1: sucks, right? You're you're done yeah. with it after three weeks? Yeah, yeah. Why not have a beer that just makes you look forward to winter <laughs> well, all winter? I can do it within those three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I just,
0: and especially, like, it feels like every year that goes by, like, I just like winter less and less and less. I just want, like, I'm okay with, like, this kind of temperature. If it's in the 40s or something, I'm okay with that. That is winter enough. You know, a random day of snow every once in a while. I'm, I'm good with that.
1: <laughs> My wife's wanting to move to Tennessee for winters now. Mm. She says, I want to go down to North Lake and sit in That's,
0: 50 it, degrees. It's, it's just enough
1: of a change.
0: that mm-hmm. Like, it still reminds you that it's winter. There's still that little chill in the air, but um, you're not getting a foot of snow, and you don't have to worry about getting a foot of snow. <laughs> um, so... There's been a lot that's that's happened craft beer-wise in the last um, few weeks New Belgium and that whole decision. And I didn't even get a chance to read the article today, but I saw something else pop up that this the, this company, so the, the Kieran whoever the parent company is, um, something about them funding genocide. I, I don't know. But there's a really interesting article that I'm looking to dive into to uh, see what that means for all of this. But what and this is not necessarily just about that, but uh, what what are the things about how craft beer is evolving that kind of makes you a little nervous about all of this? Is there a side of everything that's been happening that um, maybe is different than it was 10 years ago?
1: Um, Man, great question. Um, it, it used to be 10 years ago, a few breweries would, would go to the dark side. Right. You know, somebody would show up, uh, you know, 10 Barrel in Bend. Uh, they got their $32 million and everybody was happy. But the people in Bend shunned them. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, the breweries that got bought out are legion. Um, and I think there are devotees of craft breweries that say, you know what, Goose Island, I'm just not drinking their beer anymore. I'll tell you, not to interrupt you, I'll tell you, on that
0: kind of idea, I had a really weird experience this weekend, so I was I was down at Braxton for Dark Charge Day, you know, drinking some really great beer, and started talking to somebody who had just been out of town, and they were, you know, I was asking, oh, you know, what'd you have that was good, and they were, oh, how's, you know, I was walking down the street, and I saw this uh, cider place, and we should, we should probably talk about cider, too, but, um and he's like, have you ever heard of, and I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but, have you ever heard of them, and I said, yeah, I, get, I have, like, I can't think of where I've heard about that but I've definitely heard about him. was it good and he's like yeah it was okay he's like but as I was in there and I started talking to people I figured it out he's like they're owned by AB like that's <laughs> that's AB's cider company and I can't remember the name of the cidery now but like I could now see myself like if I'm in that situation I'm walking down a street in a random city I could see the name of a brewery and I see it I'm like oh my god I've heard of them I, god, I can't think of who told me about that place but I've heard about them I need to go in there and try that out and lo and behold, I heard about it because it's AB. Like, and that's a weird kind of thing in my head to know that like I knew about them and I would have walked in there and I would have ordered a whole bunch because I would be excited to try this thing that I've heard about.
1: And here, the reason I heard about it was because it was AB. Okay, so that being said, talking to people that have been involved in the buyouts, uh-huh. nobody is interfering with their quality. Nobody's come in saying, you need to use right. cheaper grain. Hey, uh, we're taking away two of your water filters. None of that happens. They say, you're going to get better paid. You have a health care plan. We just want you to make beer. And your beer is now going nationwide. Um, I mean, yeah, there's that whole you've gone to the dark side thing. But, I mean, no, I'm, I'm 61 years old, man. <laughs> I get,
0: and I And I get that whole side of it, definitely. Like, I can never fault somebody for starting a business or, you know, looking for this thing that they're involved in to become quote unquote successful and give them that, that, that out as they get older. Like, you know, that's, I can't fault people for that, Mm. but devil's advocate. The reason craft beer is successful is because they're not Budweiser To make it very simply put, like it's because you're because it's different and because it's not that big monster is a huge part of 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 what people love about this. And like there is some kind of um some kind of a responsibility, I guess, to understand why people have filled that tap room for years. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's it's not necessarily to get the beer to be nationwide. It's not necessarily so that, you know, you can have the the biggest and best and fanciest equipment that, you know, money can buy. Like, it's not necessarily why people go to that tap room. So it's it's a weird kind of, but at the same time, I get it and I, I can't fault people for making that decision when it comes.
1: You know, like 35 years ago, we were living in Portland and there was a little weekly news magazine that came out and I saw that there was a craft brewery thing going on at some little out of the wall mall. This is before craft brewery, right? I mean, this is before it even started. And I knew, uh, Widmer was going to be there and a couple other, like the, the guys that wound up being huge. Right. And, you know, I told my wife, Hey, Hey, there's some shoes that you 've always wanted down at this place, and so she, we went to She goes, oh, i can 't oh what is this i can't i can 't believe that you want to go see shoes I said and I walked in there and, and Kurt Widmer's sitting right on the table right as I walked in the door and he 's like, you want a beer Shoot. yeah he's like he looked like John Denver you right. know and so my wife glared at me and she went off and looked at shoes and I sat and drank beer with Kurt Widmer now that was thirty 35 years ago it has mm-hmm. to be 35 years ago and he just sold out mm-hmm. you know Widmer just got bought um, but I was I was at Widmer a couple years ago out in Portland they haven't they haven't cut quality at all there right they're they're doing things now but you're right you know I mean that was a guy I sat on a picnic table with in a mall one time and there might have been three other people stopped by and drank his beer all day right
0: when it's you know part of what makes it so great is that you're sitting in a picnic table in a mall and drinking a beer with a guy, <laughs> you know, like that's what makes that experience special. And that's, it's that experience that makes it what it is. You know, it's, I'm sure there are people in, you know, where, where is Walmart from? or Wherever that little town is that, that Walmart started where the Waltons are from, you know, mm-hmm. wherever. Um, I'm sure there are people that are like, Oh no, like we, we love Walmart. Like this is our, this is our little company that started here, and they they made it big. That doesn't
1: mean that everybody feels that way. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Here's here's a, another angle on that. I think uh, with with you owning your brewery, a mm-hmm. small group of owners here running a brewery, we can make decisions that we don't need to go to corporate for. You know, hey, and, and you and I were talking earlier, and I'm going to just go ahead and, and we'll talk – we, we have an idea to do zwickels and the zwickel is that valve on the side of a, a brewery on a tank, a fermentation tank. And in Germany, if you drink from the zwickel that's kind of like the brewers invited you in and allowed you to drink from right. that. It's a big deal. We want to do that on a regular basis here at Deadlow. And we're going to probably put a light up somewhere that when the light goes on, like the fresh donuts, you can come in and, and walk up to the bartender, and you need to know the verbiage because it'll be like in and out Burger. And you're, and you're going to get your glass and come in here and we're not going to pour the beer for you you're going to walk up and you're going to tap it right out of the the fermenter and we'll probably go through you to coordinate the correct verbiage where if you want to have food with that there'll be a, a food plate that chef scotty's prepared to go with this food so you can't do that at, at no. a big big corporate place we can do that here because we're wacky and we can get away with it
0: or you know if you do it doesn't it's never going to be done the same way it's never going to feel that it's it's going to become something else and some kind of more commercialized example of mm-hmm. what that looks like and i don't know there's that experience is really important to craft beer drinkers i agree but you know at the same time i you know so if budweiser called me bar and said hey we, we really like the gnarly no we want to buy from you. sure as shit guess what <laughs> i'm no longer the gnarly no <laughs> because you know it's 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 you know you, you can't always say no to those things. I don't know. I might turn that. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when they call. <laughs> but it was it was really strange for me to be talking to somebody and realize that that idea of um, people talk about faux craft, you know, the, mm-hmm. the craft that looks like craft, smells like craft, acts like craft, but isn't craft. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's weird to know that I, even me, like a, a super beard geek, like I could 100% see myself falling for that, and I I can't imagine that there aren't a whole lot of people who are you know in Asheville for the weekend and they're walking around and they see Wicked Weed and they have no idea that that's a Budweiser brewery and just walk in and you know get their beer or, you know whatever it may be New Belgium now you know like you see this really cool brewery in, in Asheville or in you know Colorado and you, you, you walk in and it's like this is really cool and not knowing
1: that's. Not what it looks like. It's something else, you know. I think they can buy all they want. I think uh, a place like Woolly Pig is not going to get bought by AB. No. You no, know, it's going to be those guys, those four or five people that are out there running that place in the middle of the woods east of Coshocton, and it is well worth a day trip. And you're going to have, if you can differentiate yourself and step your and and make it a unique experience. Somebody walks in the door and these beers cannot be found anywhere else and the experience here and the food doesn't match up quite it. You're, you're going to draw people in no matter what. Um, and I just, I think there is, you were hinting at it. I think there is something that does change when, when you go corporate.
0: It's and it's something that's really hard to describe. Sometimes some Mm -hmm. places, some, some places it's very clear what changed and you can see it and you can feel it. But, there's some things that just aren't quite as tangible, but mm-hmm. um, but it's there. Yep. What's the um, what's the measure of success for you?
1: Um, that you're sitting here drinking the beer saying it tastes good. I, I I um I get in the brewery and I make a beer and I think yeah nailed it. And it takes a couple weeks. It's kegged up. It's going out there, and then walking out. And and having people tell me, okay, that's not bad at all. I like this. I've been waiting for this beer, and that to me is fun. Right. I mean, um, you know, in in my other life, I'm an insurance adjuster. Nobody says, man, I've been waiting for you to finish this file for several weeks now. This is really <laughs> As great. Somebody
0: who's in the middle of an insurance claim, I would 100% say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. It's there. There's something that's part of you that goes into a beer, you know, and and you're dreaming this stuff. I mean, I lie awake in bed some night trying to dream of how am I going to we have this beer here that my daughter and I went down and just dragged a bunch of grain out of the basement and make it. And it's a coconut porter. And it's going to be I mean, it's it's hit all the targets right now. Um, And that's fun. and I didn't even write down half the ingredients that went in there. So I don't even know if we can do it again. It was just, yeah, that, that, that. And it's it's going to maybe be a one-off. Where else can you do one-offs? Right. You know? So kind of piggybacking on that,
0: how big for you is is too big? I think I, I definitely understand with what this place is. There's not some goal for this to be some massive uh, production facility that's pumping out beer across the country. I, you know, you, you can tell what this place is about, but for you, um, how, how, how big of a, uh, a brewery is too big. At what point do you, do you walk into the, a job like this? And you're like, man, this is just not at all because there are breweries around town that have gotten a lot bigger than what they started out as.
1: No, I, I understand. That's a good question. I'm a, uh... You know right now I walk in and everybody knows my name and we're joking and we're having a good time and it's not it doesn't have that corporate feel right and and we're in here having a blast making beer and we have music on and we're you know at the end of the day we're going out and and, uh, grabbing some chow from the kitchen and coming in here and we're working and cleaning things up and it it's fun walking away from that you know you. Job well done. Right. See you tomorrow. Um, I guess when that's not there anymore. You know, yeah. if you get so big that I'm managing people instead of beer, um, you know, I've managed people before and that's fun. I love people. Right. But having your hands in the beer, like I, when I'm up here on the brew deck and I'm in the middle of the mash, I am smelling it, looking at it you know i i can feel it I, I you know and so if i'm in an office somewhere you know running out payroll reports or something i i think that would be the part where i've lost the love
0: i say, and i you know not to i'm not talking about anybody specifically so say v emails but like i see i see some people who start a brewery and they're that same way they're on that that brew deck or You know, those that, you know, they're behind the bar for some of these places, you know, pouring beer after they've been brewing all day and like, you know, just making it work. And I, again, I respect the idea that you don't always want to do that either, but then to transition to a phase where you're sitting in meetings all day and you're um, talking to Kroger, whoever it is, and then this place and that place. And that's a whole other, it's a whole other type of business. And I, I can't wrap my head around this idea that you get into craft beer with this thing that you're doing and then end up where you're this and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're worlds apart to me. And no, I, I get that's all necessary. I, and if you want to run a business like that, you have
1: to, somebody's got to do that
0: too. But you like know,
1: I just, I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, and, and that's why they built this building. So I didn't have to be built a built part of cage out here. They built my own little cage out here <laughs> and they, and they let me choose my equipment and, and they said, here, just go in there and make beer. And, you know, I get my daughter working with me and some other great people in here, and we're just making beer. And I can come in some days, drive, I drive my car, my truck up the the back of the hill here, park it right next to the brewery, walk in, make beer, clean things up, get in the truck, and drive off. And I might not have contact with five or six people all day, <laughs> you know, and, and that to me is a fun time. And then a few days a week, I walk through and grab a couple people, bring them through, walk them through the brewery, let them drink from the Zwickel, and... Um, uh, interact and, and have fun. Um, you know, but that's not me all day. Right. That's so I I think I'm in a sweet spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what's so beautiful about
0: a place like this is like, I don't see that changing for what this place is. I feel like it's, It's sized, right. It's, it's sized big. I mean, there, you guys can definitely pump out some beer here if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's sized right to where you don't, you're, you're not going to need, you're not going to have some desperate moment in, uh, in six months. Like, Oh my God, what do we do? What we, we just, we, we can't do this the way we, we built this place. It's, it's sized where you can. And um, so I think there's not
1: going to be that oh shit moment. Mm. And um, I no, think uh, oh shit moments can make work very not fun. Northern <laughs> Kentucky University came to us and they want us to, to serve our beer in their uh, basketball coliseum. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's, that, that's like one of my big dreams was to get a whole place drunk, a whole athletic <laughs> place drunk. So that, you know... <laughs> How cool is
0: that? That's also something that I don't think people recognize about where you guys are. Is you're just as much a Northern Kentucky brewery as you are Cincinnati brewery,
1: right on the river,
0: <laughs> um, literally right on the river. So, right across the uh, the other side of two seventy five from Coney Island and all that. If people don't know where it is, but um, if you if you don't, I, I'm pretty sure that if you go to the website, where you're probably well, I guess you probably subscribed on some kind of podcast platform but if you go and just click on dead Love somewhere there's a little map that'll pop up and it'll show you right where it is and you can just go right there or i'm sure you guys have a website too that does the same thing
1: <laughs> well that's all i've got for you hey you know what let's um and any of your listeners that are that are hearing this and they want to to come in and visit and if my truck is sitting out here behind the brewery come on in find me Let's grab a glass and let's have a beer together from the Zwickel. Absolutely, okay, and they just they just have to say they heard this. <laughs> and you are going to be hearing a lot more about
0: the Zwickel in the uh, in the near future. Yes, you will. It's a, it's such a fun thing. I uh, it's a it's a pleasure that I ha- I probably get more than the average beer drinker because of the nature of what I do, um, but it really is something special to go and to be in a brewery and to be drinking from a tank and um, it's it's special and so if you haven't got yeah especially if you haven't ever had that opportunity take Greg I'm invi- up on this.
1: inviting you into my office
0: just come over here and press your face up against the glass garage door and <laughs>
1: pound like <on> a <laughs> that's right um, thank
0: you very much if uh, people want to know more about Dead Low, they should probably go social media website all of that stuff right which there'll be links for in the show notes. Yes. Because I don't know them off the top of my head, but it's probably Deadlow Brewing or something.
1: I, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and I swore off Facebook several years ago. Oh, so. Sounds wonderful <laughs> and peaceful to me. It
0: is. <laughs> I have uh, too many family members now that want to see pictures of a two year old that uh, they won't let me leave Facebook anymore gotcha <laughs> well thank you very much and we'll be back next week um it's still up in the air on which episode i'll play next week it's either going to be the big six episode or we're in studio in that meantime too so one of them will be next week and one will be a christmas show so i don't know i don't know what it is but you'll click on it next week and you'll see <laughs> and uh, um greg i appreciate immensely you uh oh hang on this is gonna mess up here on me Um, I I appreciate immensely you making the time for me and uh, giving us a taste of what Dead Love is about because I think it's great. It was a blast, I think it's absolutely fantastic what you guys have done here. I enjoyed Um, it. If you don't subscribe to the show, subscribe to the show. If you haven't shared the show in a while, just share the show with somebody. Tell them about it. And if you want to really support what I do, go to thegnarlygnome.com slash support, and I've got a Patreon page, and you can toss me a couple bucks a month, and that helps more than um, you know, so... Scentsy Broadcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft.